Hello and welcome to Think About Eurovision, a Eurovision podcast with me, Chris, a Eurovision fanatic from the UK. And me, Kim, a Eurovision fanatic from Canada. Now, to start off, if you haven't heard the first half of our Christmas special, stop what you're doing, go back and listen to that, because otherwise we're going to be, we're literally recording this after recording the first half. We're probably going to talk about things that happened in the last episode, so go back to that, because we might refer to other songs. Um, But yeah, so this is our Christmas special, where we're going to be talking about all 41 songs that were going to enter the Eurovision Song Contest 2020, until it was cancelled. Curse you, COVID! Uh, You ruin everything, COVID. Yeah. So, listener, I hope you had a lovely Christmas. Um, I would ask you, Kim, but I know we've not even had Christmas yet. So let's pretend we've had Christmas. <laughs> Did you have a nice Christmas? Oh, it was delightful. Lovely. I licked all the door handles. <laughs> uh, I fully anticipate not leaving my house for three solid weeks <laughs> for Christmas. That sounds like a good plan. Right. Not that I'm leaving my house much anyway, <laughs> but like... I think that I'm going to have a Kim-shaped groove in my couch by the time Christmas is over. I'm just going to drink all the nog and watch all the Christmas movies. So what's your favorite Christmas film? Okay, so my family, uh, we all collectively love National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, We actually have like a Facebook group called the Griswolds. This is our like private family Facebook group. (laughs) But that's, you know, we have this like uh, very close but very like, you know, chaotic dysfunctional family that like um, we can relate to the craziness of the Griswolds family Christmas. What about you? Um, My one, it's, oh, I think... If I was p- pushed to choose, I'd have to say Santa Claus the movie. That's the one with um, Dudley Moore as the elf and he has like, a lollipop and helps the kids fly. Come on. That movie was like my favourite as a kid. Um, and and my sister and I used to watch it when we were little, little. And then it like completely like vanished from our memory until very recently when we were like, what was that weird Christmas movie we watched as a kid? And we very recently rediscovered Santa Claus with Dudley Moore. It's so good. It's such a good film. Uh, and it really does. I mean, it was 1985. So a couple of years before I was born, uh, but it was always playing at Christmas time when I was a little kid. So crazy. Uh, so it's just happy, like nostalgic memories when I think about that film. I have never seen that movie, in Canada at least, like that is not a Christmas movie that airs on TV, like it literally was something we watched as kids and then never saw or heard of again for like 25 years, it's so weird. (laughs) It's it's just such a great one, it's just joyful. Well, I'm going to have to go back and watch that again, it'll bring all the childhood nostalgia. So I'm hoping it's going to be showing over Christmas on the TV here in the UK. Yes. There's something, too, about watching Christmas movies on TV instead of, like, streaming them. I like to... I don't know. I I just have, like, Hallmark movies just playing in the background. Just garbage, terrible Hallmark movies just playing all day, every day. I love Hallmark movies. And today I shared something on Twitter. I'm going to have to pull it up now because you've just reminded <laughs> me of that. Um, right. So 
It was a meme based on Hallmark movies. Uh, my phone's playing up, so let me just go on the computer. So, Hallmark movie. Woman, I have a high-paying job in New York City that I love, and Christmas isn't that important to me. Her black friend. You need a man. Woman's dad. <laughs> Come to the small town. We are suffering without a baker for our town festival. <laughs> okay, Dad. Man, I harvest maple syrup for a living and make $2 a year. Woman. Man, will you harvest maple syrup with me? Woman. I've decided I hate my job and I'm going to resign myself to making Christmas tree ornaments in Louisville for the rest of my life. Oh my God, that's it in a nutshell. You pepper in- I watched that film. I watched that film just a few weeks ago. Yes, pepper in a Christmas tree farm or like um, a saving a child's like rec center. Um, you know, it's always big city woman who goes to small town and discovers that their big city career was was not what they wanted all along. I, I, no, I genuinely legitimately watched that film on Netflix. I can't, can't oh, remember literally. the title. Yeah, literally, it was a woman. She was her. Um, she was a fancy sort of marketeer she's working like marketing for businesses and her grand her grandma owned like this sort of town i think it was quite called christmas town or something really literally on the nose yeah um it was like a sort of a holiday village where people would go and like you know the uh, you know see reindeer and sort of go into shops that sold um seasonal uh trinkets of course and it was her favorite place and every, everybody in the town it, it kind of brought the town together and then she died and <laughs> it, it was left to her, um, but she didn't want to give up her mar- her job, you know, a hotshot job in marketing. So her plan was to move back to the town temporarily, do it up, have it one last blowout while she found, uh, you know, one last one. So while she could find a, a buyer for the town who would <laughs> keep it going as intended. So her boyfriend is this douchebag lawyer who knows like loads of shady people and he finds a buyer for the town. And he's like, yeah, just get rid of it, sling it off. You know, he doesn't care. I feel like we should have... Spoiler alert uh, for this Hallmark movie. It's a Hallmark movie. We all know the plot. (laughs) We all know how it ends. Let's be be fair. So yeah, so she finds a buyer and he says, oh, I love Christmas Town. I'm going to look after it well. And she's like, decides to sell to him. But then... Obviously, he's a he's a jerk. So he Ugh. he sends in people to sort of measure it up for selling for like you know like big high street retailers, parking lots, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Because it's like on state boundaries or something like that. So it's like really valuable land. Um, and he and she's like, I don't want to do this. He's like, Well, you've already sold it to me. I'll give you one uh, one opportunity to buy it back from me for one and a half times what you paid for it, and you can have up until Christmas Eve to pay for it. Of course, and magic, obviously. The townsfolk all chip in and she buys it back and she falls in love. She she dumps her boyfriend and falls in love with a small town lawyer who yes. uh, also runs a Christmas tree farm. And that is, I told you a Christmas tree farm would be peppered in there somewhere. That That is the <laughs> spirit of Christmas as told by Hallmark. I would also highly recommend if anyone has not seen it. Um, it's this like uh, ongoing joke where it's like I... I um, 
I forced a bot to watch over 1,000 hours of whatever. <laughs> and then it's supposed to be the robot who writes the script. So it's like, it's actually written by a person, but it's it's all a joke. And But it's like, it is hilarious. So um, there's a tweet by at Keaton Patty that says, I forced a bot to watch over 1,000 hours of Hallmark Christmas movies and then asked it to write a Hallmark Christmas movie of its own. Here's the first page of the script. And I won't read it for you, but let me just tell you, it's worth it. You should read it. <laughs> that will definitely be in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other Christmas film recommendations, Princess Switch and Princess Switch Switched Again. Okay. Both terrible. Vanessa Hudgens, she's not going to let you down. Not going to let you down. Uh, it, it's up there with um, A Night for Christmas or The Christmas Night, whatever it's called. Just How how about A Christmas Prince? Hello? Yeah. Um, all of them. Yeah. All of them. Love the trash Christmas films. You can't have Christmas without it. You know you also can't have Christmas without? Ranking Eurovision songs. That's right. This is our new uh, new Christmas tradition. We're going to rank these songs. Our first and last of tradition because hopefully Eurovision will never be cancelled again. Never to ever happen again. Yeah. Um, so I need to issue some corrections from the last episode. Because this is a difficult administrative job, I got a bit messed up on the numbers. So we we um, said that in 21st place was uh, Romania, Alcohol U. Actually, should have been 22nd. And we said in 20th place, um, uh, Armenia, Chains on You. Uh, should actually be 21st. So apologies for that if anyone was keeping track at home. It's difficult, especially when you're having a few drinky poos as well. That's right. So we have the top 20 to get through today. Indeed. So... Um, so we've both got our predictions for who we think each of us favourite is. Yes. I'm feeling I might be wrong. I think I might be wrong actually on yours. I was so confident. And then you said something in the last episode. Thinking, oh, really? I might be wrong. Maybe we do have the same favourite. I think that we do. Because you, you thought we might have the same favourite. And what I thought was your favourite is not my favourite, though I like it. So I bet you, I bet you can guess what I think your favorite is. Oh, well, maybe. Oh, that makes me think maybe I'm wrong. I thought, I thought we both, I thought we would both have the same favorite. But now that you're making me think that maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. We we shall see. So, um, we've got one of the, I mean, we've got a few split decisions to kind of decide through in this section. Yeah, we have a four-way tie in oh, one place. I'm not, not looking forward to that. No. <laughs> Once upon a time, Eurovision, I think it had a four-way tie for the win. And they put oh, in a room to make on. sure that never happened. I Yeah. Definitely covering, definitely covering that in the year in a new year. We're definitely yeah. covering that one. <laughs> right. Okay. So, in joint 19th, we have North Macedonia. So, Vasil with you. And Lithuania, Verup on fire. So... This is an interesting one. So, uh, you um, you put twentieth, I put twenty second, and the roop on fire. You put thirty second, I put tenth. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, we we know how it's going to get scored because we've set a precedent. We're going to stick to our precedent, aren't we? I think so. So, Uh, for anyone who didn't listen last last week, remind what the precedent is. Yes. So, if we are close on the scores. That one is the higher scoring song that does better. Yeah. If there's a a gap, you know, in the in the song. So so for example, this one, uh, Vasil, you you put twentieth, I put twenty second. Um, we're closer in agreeing on that one than Verup on fire. So, uh, you is clearly a better song than Verup on fire in our expert opinions. Right. So, in that case, in twentieth place, we have Verup on fire. 
Um, that was a top 10 for me. I mean, it had a stupid dance. It was like it was made for just dance on the Switch. Yeah, I, I, I liked the song more than I thought I would. Um, I thought the music video was really cheesy. <laughs> uh, but um, this was uh, like a bit of a tough one for me because um, there were aspects of the song that I really liked. And then there were other aspects of the song where I was like, less of a fan. So um, overall, I thought the song, I thought the song was uh, good, but clearly not one of my favorites because I no. ranked it quite low. I mean, I, I, I think I am a sucker for a stupid dance. <laughs> not that I, I can dance at all. We've discussed how I feel about dancing, actual proper dancing. Yeah. Um, but a stupid dance, I'm like, yeah, I'm into that. Um, talking about proper dancing, there was some proper dancing on the show uh, for uh, You by Vasil in that bar. Yeah, I mean, like, I thought that the music video didn't help them for the most part. I thought it was kind of silly and cheesy, but there was there was some fun dancing in it for sure. Yes. Um. So, yeah, okay, so we, we put Varoop below uh, Vasil with you. Uh, sadly, um, at the moment, Lithuania haven't said that the Roop's representing them next year. I'm, I've got my fingers crossed for them. I want to I see more ridiculous dancing next year. Um. So... The seal, you. So that's the one where we're in the uh, bar room and they got that sort of tango kind of oh, thing going I'm, on. I'm so sorry. Like I got <laughs> I got this mixed up in my comments. Okay, so you is the one that I was talking about with the cheesy dance video. And then the Roop is the one they did that live where he yeah. did this weird he it was like he was doing he was flossing but with only one one hand. It's like he's been described how to floss by someone who, who's like 50. Right. And then, okay, this was one that it was like, okay, I'm so sorry. So the roof, <laughs> this was one where I was like delightfully weird. But the way that the guy sang, it was so weird the way he hit his low notes. Did you oh, notice? Yeah. I, 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 I've picked up on the low notes, yeah. Uh, so it's got a I'm, weird voice, but I like it because it's, it's different and it's it's not bad. It's different. This is, I mean, normally I am not the person who picks out the nuances of like a vocal performance in the same way that you do as a musician. But this was one where I was like, what a weird choice (laughs) to hit the notes in that way. But it was, it was like catchy, but, but I couldn't get past the weird vocals. No, uh, that is my my hairdresser, Jamie. That is his favourite song from Eurovision 2020. Oh, really? He told me yesterday when I was getting my hair done, yes. Yeah, so this is the one that I ranked low. And then you, um, North Macedonia, I ranked oh, yeah. significantly higher. Okay, yeah, yeah. so uh, you is a good song. I can't deny that. It's a, it's a good song. I mean, that, that video, um, it was like Dancing with the Stars or Strictly for uh, UK listeners. Yeah, uh, it was it was proper dance rather than uh, the Roop's silly dance. Yeah, that was like ballroom. I think I think if I was pushed to give a, a genre of dance, I think it's a tango they do. Mm. I don't know that much about dance. I mean, we've just watched Strictly this evening. Um, yeah, and I just go, yeah, I like that. I, I don't know very much about dance. No, I mean same, but I I do think it was kind of a you know tango type vibe. But yeah, yeah, this is the one where like I thought the music video was quite cheesy. But the song I liked more than I thought I would. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I actually put in my notes one of the songs I would never usually listen to, but I like it. 
Yeah. Yeah, I would agree that, I don't know, it was like, I'm, I wouldn't put it on and just jam out to this, but no, it was undeniably sort of catchy. Yeah, I mean, it, thinking about it, it's in my head right now as we're talking about it. It's uh, overtaking the Roop in sort of terms of the sort of space in my head right now. <laughs> so, uh, Lithuania, the Roop, 20th, and Vasil, you, for North Macedonia in 19th place. Right. Okie dokie. Got a couple of easy ones now. No decisions to be made for a bit. Okay. So, in 18th place, we have Germany, Ben Dolich, Violent Thing. Um, we got a split here again. So oh, you big split here. I liked this one. So this was another one where in the first few notes, I scored it lower. And then as the song went on, I bumped it up quite a bit. And then I bumped it up even higher when I listened to it on Spotify. So yeah, it was a lot better on Spotify than it was in the like YouTube performance, I think. Yeah, um, I, I definitely think... It, I, I don't skip this song when I, it comes up on my Spotify playlist. It's an mm. alright song. Don't love it, don't hate it. The uh, live performance, it was a bit... Um, the vocals were a bit pitchy, and mm. you could tell his he was a young lad. His vocals weren't always on point. It was a bit screechy at times. Yeah. So it, it was a bit... I, I thought it was like a child's voice. Um. Oh, I just need to go back to one thing as well. Before I forget, okay. talking about Germany, Germany held uh, their own version of the Eurovision Song Contest to find their own winner. Oh. And uh, the song that won it was Varoop on Fire. Oh, you're kidding. No. So was this something where um, it was voted on by judges or did the public vote? Judges and public vote. They, wow. So very much like we're doing right now, they found their own winner. In, in the absence of Eurovision. And the, the Germans... And it was the Roop. Yeah, so... I, yeah, they, they voted for the Roop. So it's quite <laughs> interesting that we our, our kind of points kind of reversed on the Roop and on Violent Thing. And oh, yeah. yet the Germans voted for the Roop to win their, their little song contest they did. I mean, to be fair, they couldn't vote for themselves, right? No, so... I don't think they could. <laughs> Um, uh, so I, I'm sure they would have probably been in line with me of having Germany of <laughs> higher. Course, of course, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there's one thing I picked up on in the live performance. He, um, in, obviously, you've got to make adjustments for singing live than you do on a studio recording. But mm. like at near the start, he sings "You Got Me," and then the backing vocals sing "On the Edge of My Seat," and he goes, "Oh, don't tell your mama." Um, and I don't like the way that that was handled. That felt messy. Uh, and he could have sung, uh, You got me on the edge of my seat. Oh, don't tell your mama. I think choices could have been mm. better done there to make it. I, I know you've got to make judgment calls when it comes to live performance. So either put the backing vocalists who are carrying the lyrics higher in the mix at that point. Um, right. I, I, I didn't care for that bit. So his lyrics aren't broken up, you mean? Uh, yeah, it it just it stuck out for me, and uh, that's one one thing I didn't like. Mm. Um, interesting thing, he's not even German; he's Slovenian. Oh, and also there were six songwriters behind that song, so it felt to me a bit of a case of too many cooks spoil the broth, maybe. Oh, yeah, that's a lot of. How do you even write a song with six people? <laughs> uh, in my music days, when I was in bands, I found it hard writing with Mully, our bassist. <laughs> <laughs> 
because I was like, I want to do this. And he was like, he'd have a different opinion. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, that's what I mean. With six people all weighing in on opinions, how do you land on something? You get something average. Yeah, fair. Well, I certainly like that a lot better than you did. I scored at 10 and you scored at 31st. <laughs> yeah. And I need to say, I don't hate the song at all. It's an, I like the song. This is a strong Eurovision year. Yes, very even, strong, very hard. There's, even the songs at the bottom of my scoreboard aren't as bad as Bird's Eye Potato, sorry, as Still In Love With You. <laughs> I still stand by my scoring of that, which was like middle. So, above uh, Germany, we are going across the border to Austria in 17th place with Vincent Bueno with Alive. So you, Okay, we're closer on this one. Yeah, there's less of a gap, so... 15th for you, 24th for me, so um, he scored 39 points in total. Uh, the, the comment I put in my, my notes was Bueno Mars. So he is a bit uh, Bruno Marsy. Oh, totally. Very. Which I quite like because, especially since um, I, I know over the border for you guys over in America, what we call a Mars bar, they call a Milky Way. Do you guys have a Mars bar or is it, do you have just adopt the American sort of chocolate bars? <laughs> No, we have a Mars bar. We don't have, have a Mars. Milky Way. Yeah, so so what you call a Mars bar is what Americans call a Milky Way. Yes. Yeah, so we're, we have the right names for our chocolate bars. <laughs> it's the Americans <laughs> who are wrong. That's right, exactly. Because I, I know a lot of sort of things like that will cross the border from America to Canada. Like and, um, like Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, it's Philosopher's Stone in the UK, yeah. Right. Philosopher's well, Stone is the oh. proper way. That's the way we have it in Canada, too. Oh, good, but in good. America, it's uh, the Sorcerer's Stone. It's probably because they can't spell philosophers. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> okay, apologies to all of our American friends and listeners. Uh, but no, to be fair, my understanding is that because they thought that Sorcerer's Stone would be more marketable. Sounds weird. But I think that's because I've always known it as Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. It just sounds weird to my ears. But to Americans, they're probably like, uh, you know, like, Philosopher's Stone? What? That's weird. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, it, like I say, it was very Bruno Marsy, And I, I quite like the fact that uh, Bueno, chocolate bar. Mars, chocolate bar. So, Bueno Mars. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I would entirely agree that it was very Bruno Mars, and Bruno Mars is awesome. So oh, Bruno Mars is a great pop singer. I mean, he's not done much lately, which is a bit of a shame. Hopefully, he's working on something good. Yeah, agree. Um, I mean, it was a proper earworm. It was a funky pop bop, very catchy. A yeah. little bit last decade, but I don't mind it because it, it reminded me of music that I like. Yeah, I have to say that I am, like, a bit fickle when it comes to my criticism of it being dated, because there are certain songs where I'm like, ooh, this is, like, a fun throwback, and I love it. And then there are others where it's like, oh, this is dated and so uh, passe, and I don't like it at all. So it really has to do with whether or not I like the the type of song that they are throwing back to. (laughs) Like, for me, with Georgia, it's kind of new metal light. Yeah. And I wouldn't listen to that now, but it reminds me of happy days as a, well, it reminds me of days as a teenager. And I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Um, right then. So, 16th position, we have Azerbaijan with Effendi with Cleopatra. Cleopatra. Uh, got the I like the this. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's more trash pop and I love it. 
Yeah, this um, was Trash Pop done so much better than Hasta La Vista, though. Oh, yeah. Um, unfortunately, so a um, little bit of sort of mention on this one. This is the worst video I could find um, out of all the songs. This one had the worst video. Because obviously I was trying to go for something that was a, a live performance. Mm. Uh, and I was trying to find some of the closest. So, like, even with some of the... Where I didn't have any choice, I did go for the official video. This one, I went for what is essentially a lip-synced performance on, like, um, the, their TV station over there. Um, right. And it's a bit fuzzy around the edges, but at least you've got her performing on a stage. So I chose that as a sort of midway point. So you could see how maybe it might have been staged. Yeah. Whilst hearing the song, but it was clearly being lip synced. Yeah, but I mean, I did find, uh, you know, for uh, reasons that were that are unavoidable that we've talked about in the last episode as well, which is that they there were not live Eurovision performances on stages like leading up to the semifinals or whatever for all of the uh, acts. So we we didn't always have an apples to apples to compare. No. So for this um, scoring more than any other, I really scored it more on the song itself. In some cases, I found it hard to get past a poor vocal performance. But generally speaking, I scored it more on the song than I did on uh, the the, you know, special effects or the props or the sort of Eurovision presence that I often would add a score to. So, um, you know, this I thought was a good performance, even though it was a oh, lip yeah. synced performance. I thought that she held the stage well. But I mean, in all, the reason why I scored it highly was because I thought it was just like a, a fun song. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I do pick up one, uh, one of the lyrics. So I, I'm bisexual. So I don't like the lyric where she sings straight or gay or in between. Mm. That annoys me. It's like, yeah. hey, we, I, we exist, guys. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a use of a Buddhist mantra in that song. And uh, it was actually originally submitted for San Marino for and Sen Hits recorded a demo of it. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And, but then they actually withdrew, withdrew it for San Marino. Uh, so San Marino didn't reject it. The songwriters actually withdrew it for, from them. And then in terms of our... So San Marino, they entered Freaky, they which entered we freaky. scored... We scored quite a bit lower than Cleopatra. So yeah. San Marino, that was a poor choice. They, they, well, they missed out. They missed out on that one. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, and she's coming back for next year as well. So hopefully something with more r- rolled R's. Ah, yes. I love rolling my R's. It's really oh. satisfying. That's, um. oh my God, what's the, <laughs> what, what was the um, drag race performance? <laughs> when I, I turned the thermostat to a 72 degrees yes uh jujube is eartha kit yeah eartha kit oh my god that's the rolling of the r's that i think of every time <laughs> um okay anyway i digress right so 15th position we have italy diodato with fai rumore i'm so oh, wow. the r's mood I scored this so much higher than you. You did. And let's not say I don't hate the song. I like the song. It's a good song. Um, so I scored this seventh and you scored it 26th. 26th. Yeah. And, and like I say, it's not a bad song. There's very few bad songs that I really don't like in this year. 
So I actually had this scored much higher. I mean, there's only so much higher you can go from seventh. I've already I've already scored it very highly, but I had this, I think, maybe third. Wow. Um, yeah, I like the live performance. I really liked it was one that kind of gave me chills, like when he hit some of the notes that it oh, would, yeah. like, like he, it really sent shivers up my spine. I loved sing. it. He yes. could sing. And um you know, right or wrong, I know that I've said this several times. So, like, uh, I don't know if maybe I shouldn't have uh, uh, done so much amending of my rankings after listening to them on Spotify. But I, I did listen to I watched them on the YouTube performances and I also listened to them on Spotify for all of them. So at least it was apples to apples. Yeah. But I I dropped it down a little bit. It was not nearly as catchy a song as I, I realized that when you take away the live performance with that like kind of shiver inducing um, vocal performance, the song was kind of just okay. Yeah, the song's it's a good song. Like, yeah. like I say, that's why I put it um, where I did in the rankings at 26. It's middle of a pack for me. It's a decent song. Yeah, I mean, no denying that guy has a lovely voice. He can really sing, like, really nice tone. And it kind of filled that empty uh, arena de Verona. Yeah, it really did. Like, I I still really enjoyed the song, um, but I think the thing that really made it for me was that performance. Yeah. So, 14th position. We have Belarus with Val David Na. So... We got a split here, but again, it's it's getting to those edge cases where songs I like, but there's just songs I liked more. Yes. David Nat, it kind of slaps. Yeah, I thought this was great. And this was the one where she was wearing sort of like the bejeweled wig, right? Yes, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I thought I thought that this was a really cool song. It felt kind of different and fresh, but David like Na, David Nat. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Okay. It's, it, the verse, I can't remember how that goes, but it's a chorus that always sticks with me. Yeah. Uh, and I'm all, I was also reminded of the uh, circular piano guy uh, with the guy with like <laughs> the uh, beat pad on the wheels. Now, doing the most low effort miming of that uh, beat pad. <laughs> oh my God, it can't, it's not Eurovision without some, without some uh, pretty <laughs> bad instrument miming. And it was like he was miming like samples. Miming samples, that, that's like the most crap kind of miming you can do. Um, overall, though, I thought I thought this was really fun. Yeah. Um, I scored it quite a bit higher than you, but both of us scored it very well. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, like I said, the, these are songs I like. Those are songs I liked more. So there's yeah. nothing wrong with it. I, I, keep, I, can't, I keep saying this. I know I'm repeating myself, but I like so many songs from this year. It was such a struggle to find most of my top 20. Yeah. I can't help but notice that of the ones that are remaining, like I haven't seen, there are a lot of my top songs that I haven't seen come up yet, which means they would have been scored very highly by you as well. So I feel like we're going to be quite close in the, I mean, we're down to the top 12. So yeah. So uh, next we got uh, our 13th place song. We have Israel, Eden, Eden Alina. Uh, Fekka Libby, so we've got a gap here. Yes. You put it 22nd, I put it 6th. It's that good for me. Really? Okay, yeah. tell us why. Um. So, so uh, I, I, it's the influences. So it was, um, she lives in uh, Israel, so she's a, a, um, an Israeli citizen, 
but from Ethiopian heritage. Mm. And I love that combination of modern pop, Middle Eastern music, and the African music. And that just all slammed together in just this really cool, energetic pop song. Yeah. Uh, the the cultural influences of that song. I think it's so cool. And it sounds like... It, it, it doesn't sound like anything that Eurovision has ever had before, I think. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. And I absolutely... Um understand what you're talking about. I do. I always think that it's really fun to have some um, cultural influences infused with some more modern beats like pop beats and stuff. So I absolutely agree on that. I thought this was a great song. I thought it was a really fun performance. Uh, so yeah, I scored it quite highly as well. But yeah, 13th place. So it, yeah. it was uh, a top scorer for us a- both. Average is out at a good place. So I take it. Yeah. Are you like me? Like your sort of top 20 are all songs that you really like? Yeah, I mean, uh, I really had a tough time with narrowing it down. It really was kind of a matter of there's only so many spots to go around. But I agree that like, you know, the songs were all terrific. You know, it's it's you can only pick so many (laughs) in your top 10. Um, First song to have lyrics at Eurovision in Amharic, uh, which is one of the languages of Ethiopia, I believe. Oh, if not, I'm... It, it, uh, I don't know all the languages of what I use in Ethiopia, but I believe it's one of the, like, at least if not the official language, I'm not uh, a linguist by any means. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, first song to have lyrics in Amharic. And I also love the Mbira, the uh, fun piano um, at the start. I, I love the sound of them. I feel like, I think that I'll need to remind myself what that sounds like. Yeah. I mean, you have, yeah. to, you have to go back to that one, but yeah. Um, but again, it's like, it's, it comes down to those cultural elements that. Yeah. Make it sound different, um, like something we've not had before. And she is representing Israel again next year. So they've recently um, launched the, I think, nine or ten songs that um, are competing for her to be singing. So at the moment, it's a case of it's demo versions sung by the songwriters or, you know, hired singers, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's going to be, they're going to narrow it down and get to a selection process where she will then record like versions like maybe the top four or whatever. And then Israel will choose their favourite. That will be announced uh, January 25th. We will know what song she's sending. Oh, wow. That's that's like soon. Yeah. Um, Already there's a few countries with songs out. Um, Estonia, um, the day we're recording, they launched all their songs that are competing. Really? Yeah. Uh, Sadly, they have a transphobic um, anti-lockdown song in their uh, selection, which is a choice. It's not a good choice. But that's, I mean, like, so are we at the stage now where it's like any Tom, Dick and Harry can like submit whatever they want? And well, it got selected to go to the next stage of like the actual. Um, oh, it did. It actually made it through the selection, selection process. process. Yeah. Oh, that's disappointing. So hopefully that bombs in the uh, um, East Ilal. Yeah. So I'm really hoping that does not represent Estonia. Yeah. Because that is not in keeping with the spirit of Eurovision. No, it is not. Um, I mean, if it's anti-lockdown, it's essentially a political song, which is against the rules. And the fact that it's anti-trans as well. No, thank you. I mean, yeah, there should be rules against against that also, if there aren't. (laughs) You've misjudged the audience of Eurovision if you're going to go down that route. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Agree. On to happier thoughts. Uh, The 12th position song. We have Czech Republic, Benny Cristo with Kemama. So we've got another... Gap Ooh, between big, our songs. big so gap here. This is my third favorite. I love this song. 
I really liked this one too. I mean, I, I think that this is just a matter of like, I liked a lot of the songs and so it was, it was tough, but I really liked this one too. And I thought he gave a great performance. Yeah. I mean, I think I like this for similar reasons to, um, um, Israel. Um, it comes down to like, cultural, um, heritage sort of influences. So like, um, like Afrobeat kind of rhythms and the way yeah. it's performed. It just, it's modern. It's fresh. It, I can't remember anything like that being sent to Eurovision before. Yeah. It stood out as a really good song for me. Yeah, I agree that I thought that it was, I thought it was uh, a really good song. I, I, it definitely did stand out as being a fresh, uh, different uh, sort of beat than a lot of the others where we've seen something like it before. Now, unfortunately, he did something terrible. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He revamped his song at one point. So part of Eurovision, it's covered in the Eurovision film. We discussed it um, at the start of the podcast. You oh, know, yeah. when they record, the, um, they revamp Double Trouble and they ruin it. They butcher it. Yes. He did that with this song at one point. But so, that's not the version that he performed here. No, that's the original version from the National Selection. So that's pre the revamp. That's good. And the public was not positive about his revamp. They said... Dude, this sucks. So he did actually roll back most of the changes he made in the revamp. So had 2020 Eurovision gone forward, would he have been allowed to do the revamp in the finale? Yep, he could have if he wanted. So Hmm. it's the same song. It's just tweaks made. Right, okay. It was just sort of editing decisions, kind of changing some of the uh, tempos at times, things like that, little things. It's essentially the same song. It is yeah. the same song, just kind of toyed with a bit, and it didn't go down well. So he actually did roll back most of them. So thankfully, what he would have been sending to Eurovision would have been similar to the version we watched. Yeah, with a got few it. This is changes that made that I didn't like as much the original version, but um, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Um, yeah, and he's representing the Czech Republic again next year, so I'm looking forward to something again uh, as good as that. Yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, I actually wonder how they're going to top some of these songs because I liked them so much that I hope so much pressure on them. I know. I hope 2021 isn't kind of like, I don't know, uh, letdown is too strong a word, but you can't help but like, you know, compare to the 2020 version that never was the 20 no. the 2020 song that, you know, might have won, but didn't get to have its day, you know? Right, so we're getting to the pointy end now. So, song that came in our 11th place. We have Norway Ulrika with Attention. So we're pretty close on this one. We're very close. I ranked it 12th, you ranked it 9th. Yeah, that's not far far from each other at all. No. Um, This one actually climbed up in my sort of second listen to. So the way I did it was um, I gave everything a good score from out of 100. On my first listen. And then I go through them one by one from the bottom up and I compare it to the next song above it. And I say, do I really prefer that song? And if I don't, I I move that song up at one. And then I compare it to the next song and so on. That's how I I found my final uh, top 100. 100, No, top top 41. Yeah. um, (laughs) God, I could never do this one on 100 songs. There's not a chance. There's oh, not a chance no. for me. 
maybe the hundredth the hundredth episode we'll choose our favorite one our favorite songs from the top or one hundred winners. I'm so, I'm too indecisive. I'm <laughs> I find it so hard to you know to come up with. I can't come up with a score. That's why I just rank them so they don't have a score out of a hundred for me because I'm incapable of assigning a number to it. Other than like, do I like it better than this one? Yes or no? Okay put it higher or lower yeah i mean similar to you my scores do work in quarters so do i they? go i go is this you know tw- 25 or under 50 or under 75 or under or 100 and under yeah that's how i first kind of get my vague idea of how i feel about it and then it is kind of just thinking about what i know about the other songs uh not trying to bring out it too much i try to do just do just go on gut yeah and give a gut percentage but then i do go over everything as well at the end so yeah it's not just all on the spur of the moment. It's a um, combination of gut check, but then also some like real uh, organized comparing. Like Santa Claus, I make a list and I check it twice. That's right. <laughs> this just, is a Christmas just, special. Just shoehorning those references to Christmas <laughs> into the episode. Okay, now this next one. This is gonna be. This is gonna be tough. Yeah, um, so, so so on, on Norway, because we haven't discussed that really there. Um, oh, sure. I mean, yeah, the song's called Attention, and she got my attention with that song. Yeah. Um, like, the way she goes from, like, uh, belty sort of vocals to tender vocals, it's really good. I agree. Um, I, I, I thought that, uh, I mean, on any other Eurovision, frankly, that we have uh, seen, I think I probably would have scored this higher than 12. Oh, it's yeah. just a testament to how good this year was that um, that it scored 12, because I thought this song was excellent. Yeah, um, I, I feel you there. Um, I, was, I was surprised coming back to it thinking, that made my top 10. So um, obviously, when I did my scores, I really ranked it highly. Right yeah. now, I'm struggling to sort of think, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with myself. That would be weird. <laughs> it's surprising to think that a song that I would never usually rank that highly, I really enjoyed. And it just kind of yeah, I think went up my ratings. There were a few instances where we have both said, this isn't one that I feel I would normally have ranked very, you know, like really high. Uh, but we just liked them more than we thought we would which i think is like that's what points to a really great song where it's like it's not my usual genre it's not something that i would normally gravitate to but it got me anyway the beauty of eurovision that's right okay so here we come to the bit we've probably been both been dreading our four-way tie so at the moment tied for seventh place we have ukraine go a with solove switzerland Jean's Tears, Répondez-moi. Denmark, Ben and Tan, Say Yes. Sorry, just yes, sorry. And the United Kingdom, James Newman, My Last Breath. Wow. Okay, uh, and okay the, then. Okay, so of these four, all of, the, all of them are scored in our top 20. So even yes. the ones that I scored lower than you, they are, um, you know, 16 and 18. And the ones that you scored lower than me are 12 and 14. <laughs> but what's interesting is that the ones that I scored lower were very high on your list. And the ones that you scored lower were very high on mine. Well, then, I think we've got some decisions to make. So shall we yeah. go with our, uh, our our precedent? Okay. So let's pop. Um, we have to pop Ben and Tan at seventh place because we're the close on that. So you put them eighth. I put them twelfth. 
Yes. I loved this song. This is probably no surprise to you. <laughs> this is one I thought might be your favorite and I was, I'm wrong. This, I think, I, I mean, I know I just made this statement, but on any other Eurovision, I think this might have been my favorite song. This might have been my number one, but uh, it's number eight. I know, but I mean, it's folksy. There's an acoustic guitar. There's a guy and a girl singing to each other. I mean, on paper, this should be my number one. So, I mean, and like I was going to say, why isn't it? But you've said it before. It's just because it's such a strong year. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, this was very catchy. It is right in my wheelhouse. I love a folksy jam. Um, so obviously I scored it very highly, but there were others that I just liked more. And there were um, others that I thought were were more fresh and different. And so even though this will always be a favorite genre for me, it's always going to be something that I gravitated to. There is something to be said about something that just like delightfully surprises me. And so, you know, there were a couple where I was, I didn't even see it coming and it was like, this is a delight. And so that just kind of like took some precedent in this, um, in this, uh 2020 season more than others i mean i'm always gonna love a guy and a girl mooning at each other (laughs) that will not change that will never change for you no yeah um so yeah i mean i i really like that song and you know me i don't usually go for the folky numbers that's not my bag that is that one it's um i mean it was sort of it's not subtle at all but it's such a positive song with that say yes say yes say yes yeah um I put notes that it's like Mumford and Sons slash of Monsters and Men. I thought you might like the reference to Monsters and Men. Oh, I love it. And <laughs> uh, I love Mumford and Sons too. Yep. Uh, it's, yeah, like they had a baby and it was this delightful pairing that, I mean, I would put that on tonight. Like yeah. I would put, I would put that, that like, that would hit my playlist just on any given day. Oh, of course it would. Uh, so they, they <laughs> met on the uh, Danish X Factor in 2019. Uh, so he was solo, she was in a girl group, and after the show, they kind of formed a duo. Wow, that's interesting. You yeah. know what? Like, those types of um, uh, talent contests, they actually, like, deliver some they legit yeah. Yeah, singers. I mean, in groups, the UK, right? we've, had, we've had Little Mix and One Direction, who have been massive hits, and they were both yeah. off X Factor. Yeah, it's crazy. And then even just thinking, I mean, like early American Idol, right? Because American Idol, it it didn't have the same kind of like star making power in later years. But like no. Kelly Clarkson and um, Carrie Underwood, it's crazy to me. Like I forget sometimes that they got their start on American Idol. But anyway. Right. So um, we've got some more decisions to make. So uh, let's go. So obviously we found out which is the best of that group. Say yep. yes. But let's go back because we need to make a decision uh, between uh, what, because the gap is the same amount of points down the line. So go A, uh, Solovey, you scored 16th, I scored 4th. Hang on, I can't do maths. No, we do have a... We don't, so we can't, we can order this, can't we? I just can't do maths. Okay, (laughs) sorry. So the gap between Switzerland is bigger than the gap between Ukraine, isn't it? Yes. So, okay, then. Sorry, apologies. Uh, not my strong point. Why did I decide to do this format where I'd have to do maths? <laughs> okay, so we have um, Denmark, Ben and Tan at number seven. So number eight would be United Kingdom, James Newman. Yes. Um, so 
We'll come back to him, but let's let's cover Switzerland first. Uh, John oh, I Steers, see. Okay. Riponde Mart. So he's coming in tenth. You put eighteenth. Yeah. Now, do you notice an outlier in behaviours for me here? No. I put it second, a song in French. I so put a song in French in second place. <laughs> but not from France. <laughs> not from France, no. Yeah. This proved to me that I don't just hate songs that are in French. You just hate everything France admits. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Not everything. Because, I mean, their junior original song was pretty good. Yeah, that's Not fair. our favourite, but it was decent. And like I said, uh, the 2018, I think, 2018 contest song that France sent. Love that one too. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I, I I love Switzerland song. Um, his vocals are on point. Um, like that sort of, and that combined like the modern sort of pop beat. Yeah, and I like the falsetto kind of use, the falsetto voice. Oh yeah, he hit some notes on this one. Yeah, um, uh, I I love that song. Um, I I can't explain why, it just you know, gets me in the feels. This was number two for you. So we're, we have actually uncovered most of your top five. Oh yeah. Right. So we have already come across. So Czech Republic was your third. Switzerland was your number two. We're about to talk about Ukraine, which was your number four. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, this song, it's personal for uh, John's Tears. I, don't, I think that's how it's pronounced his name, um, his art, artist name. Mm. Um, so apparently, it's, uh, you know, he says, everyone asks themselves why exactly we're here. Where do we come from and where are we going? He says, that's key questions, for pe- particularly for people like himself who are from a migrant background. So, I mean, I think it's a beautiful song. I yeah. really do. And I would never, in a normal year, think about putting this high up my list, but... It's beautiful. Yeah, I'm quite surprised about this, actually, that it scored so well for you, because it is definitely outside of your usual uh, genre. Yeah. But, I mean, you can't argue with a good song, and this was really beautiful. Yeah. So, again, 18th place for you, was it just a case of the top 20 being a fight for your favourite? Yeah, so I really, I it, it absolutely is. I really found that in my... Um, in in my very top rankings, it was a combination of my absolute loves in terms of genres of music. It was just ones that like undeniably I I loved the best. And these are the ones that you would probably have um, guessed. You would pick them out to say like, this is one that Kim would love. And then there were another sort of like grouping that were just so kind of surprising and fun and different that I couldn't help but rank those highly because they just kind of caught me by surprise how much I enjoyed them. And this was one that really kind of fell in the middle of those for me. It was a beautiful song. It was one that um, I gravitated towards, but not as much as some of the more folksier ones that I always go for. And it wasn't quite as sort of like out of left field surprising as some other ones. So like, it was a really good song, undeniably, but it didn't kind of fall in one of those two larger groups. And so it came a little lower than than those ones for me. That's fair enough. Let's see if he can impress you more next year. As he re- yeah, oh, he's coming Switzerland. back. He is indeed. He's nice. a returning artist for next year. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more of his beautiful voice. Yes, fair. 
And I really want more falsetto because I, I, there's something about falsetto. When it's done well, it sounds so good. Yeah. So, um, next up, another one of my top five, uh, Go A with uh, Solovey. Um, first song entirely in Ukrainian for Ukraine. Yes. Uh, this, I'm surprised to see. So, I mean, I, I know you like folk music, but this is like Ukrainian folk music. And I think that's why I like it because it's not folk music like that sort of indie folk, is it? It's yeah, actual this was folk music. It folk was tronica. like electronic folk music. That in is this, exactly their genre. Right. Okay. And like this really um, interesting, like what I, what I imagine must be culturally influenced, um, you know, sort of vocals and beat. It was really kind of beautiful and interesting and unusual in a way that really struck me yeah um i mean it reminds me of poland's song from 2019 um i can't remember the name of the uh song or the act but poland sent like an electronic not me electronic maybe not but it was very much a folk inspired act and mm. this sounds like i'm dissing the song but as you see i, I scored it fourth yeah it's not a diss but i love that kind of shouted vocal style at times yeah. When it shouted well. And yeah. I, I really like the fact that, you know, it does, it, it is using Ukrainian heritage music, but it's got that folk, mu- that, sorry, that electronic sort of vibe as well. Yeah, um, I thought that it was a really cool pairing. And yeah. I agree that, like, this vocal performance was not, um, I don't know, it wasn't the uh, perfectly... Uh, executed singing of notes like you would see like on a stage at a musical or whatever like there was sort of like a raw a raw appeal to it that where it was almost kind of a a screaming but screaming in a way that was like incredibly beautiful yeah it was it was controlled yes exactly and it, it it had a really you know really interesting appealing effect yeah uh, I'm looking forward to hearing their song next year because they're representing again um, for Ukraine. Uh, I, I, and like- I, I imagine it would be it would be the same genre if this is the genre that this um, band is known for. Yeah, that's their that's their thing. Um, not a year you've seen yet, but there's a song called "Dancing Lashatumbai," which was a Ukrainian song for Eurovision. We're mm. going to be covering the year that falls in next year. Uh, I can't remember which particular year it is off the top of my head. A few yeah. drinks in at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Memory a little bit fuzzy uh, for facts and figures. Uh, but they do a cov- They did a cover of this for the uh, Eurovision um, home concert thing that we did on YouTube. Mm. And it's so cool. It's like they, they amp it up because um, Dancing Lashatumbai, it's in English, Ukrainian. There's lyrics in Russian. They, they um, The artist who did it originally went all over the shop. And it's um, it's not a serious song. Yeah, it's a fun one when you when we come to it. Uh, but they made it sound like like the music you would hear at like a boss level battle in a computer game. It's, it's oh, so really? intense and so cool. Um, <laughs> That's I, fun. I love this the cover they do of it. It's really good. Um, nice. So I'll, when we cover the year that has done last year come by, um, I, I will be sending you that link so you can enjoy it as well. Okay. Yes. Looking forward um, to that. So yeah, I, I, I like that song. I'm a sucker for some like uh, folk music that uses cultural heritage. 
as I think we've yeah. discovered uh, this episode in my yes, top. this is, that that is a bit of a theme for your uh, for your ranking tonight. But you know how I can't remember what year it was, but it was the year that Russia won with this the song that it was like all the little old ladies who were singing a well, cultural second, song. Yes, they came second with the. Oh, they came second. They yeah. didn't win. Yeah, and I was so sort of shocked and surprised by it because I I found that it was kind of. Um, what was the word that I used at the time that I thought that it was all kind of uh, it was kind of a shtick? You know yeah. what I mean? It was like, I don't know. Um, it was it was uh, a beautiful cultural song, but it was all kind of a gimmicky. Whereas um, I found that this one, it hold, it kind of held all of the gravitas that um, Eurovision uh you know, has in a lot of their performances where it's uh, kind of like a a big over the top performance. It was like it felt at a Eurovision level, whereas like I found that song that Russia gave. It was like a very cute, cutesy um, song that it just kind of like I I thought it was delightful. But I mean, just not the type of performance I would have expected. Yeah. Party for Everyone, the Russian song you're thinking of that yeah. used their, their heritage as a bit of a gag. Yes, exactly. It was the gag. It was the gagginess. Because they started like singing like a sort of traditional style folk song and then it went like, party for everybody, dance, dun, dun, come on and dance, dun, dun. Right. Whereas uh, Solovey, which it translates into Nightingale, Fax fans, um, which I found out because they got the lyrics in English on the video on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> which means you can do karaoke on that one. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, whereas that one, it's like, we've combined our love of folk ukrainian folk music and electronica and uh, we've taken yeah. the two and just smashed them together and come up with something really good yeah so eighth position for uk we've not embarrassed ourselves no this was a great song i know right it's a really good song i mean it wouldn't have won i don't think at no. all no i think but do i want to say we might have been on the left hand side of a scoreboard i think we might have been at the bottom half of the left hand side of a scoreboard which for the uk is such an improvement. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, this was just, I mean, as much as I love folksy stuff, uh, like singer-songwriter stuff really falls into that wheelhouse. And this was just a really good example of that. I thought the performance was great. The song was great. It wasn't anything that blew by my hair back in terms of like something I'd never heard before, but it was just a really well done song. Yeah. I mean, I, going back to when the f- song was first announced, I was like, yeah. I was a little underwhelmed because yeah. we we uh the BBC went for an internal selection this year, and it teamed up with Sony BMG, so there was a lot of hype around it. Like everyone was like, oh, "Which of our pop stars are we going to be sending?" Right, and we sent someone who has solid writing chops. He's written for actual artists. I think he's written like a little mix song, or been oh. on the writing team for like he's he's been behind a lot of actual hit songs including one of the songs that was for his brother, like, I think came number one, I think. So his brother's a performer as well. Okay. And I'm sure his brother got a number one song with this song, with, with, with a song that he wrote. Mm. So this guy has actual writing chops. And it's not even three minutes long. It's like two minutes and 30-something 30, 30 seconds. So yeah. they've not gone down the route of saying, we need a song that is exactly three minutes, is in the key of C, yeah. is in a 4-4 time signature, um, no minor keys or anything like that. They've gone, let's just send a song. And it's got things that, you know, that I'll give you my last breath, that kind of pause. 
Yeah. It's, it's something that we've ne- we've never done before. We've never sort of taken a risk of sending something that doesn't fit what the BBC producers have as the formula in their head, I think. But look at what great things happen when you break outside of the formula. Like, you're so right that the formula is... It, it results in predictable, tired, you know, the same old thing. And then even though this wasn't, you know, something that I, I, I've i never heard of before, it, it wasn't one where I, you know, was completely blown away by the uniqueness of it. It was just a good song that, uh, you know, it didn't feel formulaic. Yeah. And um, also we had staging planned. We had actual plans for staging. He wasn't just going to sit down there on the stage, like, you know, in that video with a guitarist mm-hmm. and a back, back and the vocalist, he ha- he was going to be like on a stage. So in the uh, music video, it features this guy who does, um, he's called uh, w- Wim Hof. So he's like this um, extreme athlete, uh, this Dutch extreme athlete who sort of uh, set, he set Guinness World Records for swimming under ice and prolonged full body contact with ice and stuff like that. Yeah. So he was in the video. And they were going to sort of pull on that video because the video, uh, the music video is set in like a forest and it's all wintry. Um, and he was going to be like on like some staging that kind of referred to the video, like actual props on stage, which like, I can't remember the last time UK did that. Like actual production value. Actual production values. Um, I mean, it was kind of sort of half, I would say kind of written in a songwriting camp, but one of James Arthur's own making. So he says that every year, him and his friends, who are songwriters, they go uh, sequester themselves away in a cabin up in Scotland. Yeah. And they write a bunch of songs. I think a lot of writers do that, though. Yeah. Don't they? Yeah. And it, but he wasn't going there. I think he was going there to write the song for Eurovision. But he wasn't like going to like a Eurovision songwriter, songwriter's camp. He went there with friends. Um, so they were watching a documentary whilst they were away uh, about this deep sea diver in the North Sea who had to be saved after getting cut off from the rest of his crew. So that's what the lyrics are actually about. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So he was, in, rather than thinking, oh, I need to write a generic pop song to all these rules, he went, that's an interesting story. How about I use that as an influence? Yeah, that's, so, there's and, a difference there for sure. It so shows that they've came, the BBC submitted something different and I know he wants to perform, uh, he wants to represent the UK again next year. The BBC have not said anything. He said he's ready to write a banger of a song. So best of luck to him. I hope the BBC give him a second chance. I agree. So, and then we've already discussed Denmark in seventh place. Yes. Okie dokie. Not long to go now. So in our sixth place, we have Australia, Montaigne, Don't Break Me. Oh, you put four, five, put fifteenth, and I like this song. I like this song. Yeah, and it's one of those. It comes back to that thing we've we've spoken about before. It's a live performance versus a studio version for me. Yeah, the live performance is a little pitchy in times for me, and I I judge everything on the live performances. Um, in, for, for your scoring, for my now scores, I yeah. thought this. I thought this live performance was electric. I mm. thought it was really, really good. And I definitely noticed, particularly in this one, but there were some other ones where I noticed as well that the camera work was like the cameraman was on stage with them. Like yeah. it was a lot closer to the performances. You were right up in there. And I don't find that to be the case as much in like the true Eurovision finale. So I felt like I was really in it. And then I also felt like this performer's Montaigne Montaigne, I think it's pronounced, Ma- yeah. Montaigne. Um, so, I mean, I thought that she was like, she was like, I think what 
you know, the quintessential, uh, like, eccentric artist. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) You know? Um, So she had these really interesting dance moves, and she had a really, it was an interesting performance. But the song, the song was really good, too. I really enjoyed it. No, I, I like that song a lot. Um, just because it's lower than my your, my score's lower than your score does not mean I don't like that song. Yeah, I, I I never skip past that one when I, it comes on a playlist. Yeah, no, this was one that I liked just as much on the playlist as I did the live performance. Like I thought both of them were very good, which wasn't always the case. Which I've spoken about is that I found that I preferred one to the other, but in this case, I I really liked both. Yeah, and it was it was trendy. It was kind of cool. I can imagine Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga, as I like to call her, Lady Gaga, Gaga, or her fellow Australian Sia. I could imagine them both doing this song in their own style. Sure, yeah, yeah, I can totally see that happening. And I think that's a massive compliment because those two are, you know, they are really good performers. Yes, they are. Um, So I, it wouldn't feel out of place out of either of their kind of albums or whatever. I agree. This was one of the ones, I mean, maybe even more so than the song itself, but the performance maybe, but this is one of the ones that I'm referring to when I say it just kind of like came out of nowhere and caught me off guard that I was like, what is this? It's amazing. I can't take my eyes off it. Yeah. Really good song. Right. Are we ready for top five territory? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited. In fifth place, we have Malta, Destiny, All of My Love. (gasps) <gasps> oh that song's so cool that's such a cool song i love it so i ranked it fifth and it came in fifth yeah y- you ranked it 13th so still very high for you yeah i, I am not disappointed with that song coming in fifth overall because it's such a good song and again it comes down to cool factor it was really cool it was i don't know it was just so catchy i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed the performance on youtube and then when i was listening to spotify this was a song i came back to over and over again um and also she is a former junior eurovision winner for malta amazing yeah so she wouldn't have embarrassed herself coming through uh eurovision to junior eurovision from, from junior eurovision to eurovision that's so fun yeah um so she won junior eurovision 2015 oh wow not even that long ago no um and that's Sorry, hiccuped. The alcohol is sitting in. Uh, is, is setting in. So that song was originally aimed for Poly Geneva or Geneva. Sorry, Poly Genova, who represented Bulgaria in 2016. Um, so you know that that song's been around for like you know half a decade in the songwriter's wow. back pocket. That was a poor choice for them to uh, have turned that song down. I I I know where you say why you're saying that, but the song that she did do in the end. Oh my god, I love Polly Genova's Genova song. <gasps> really? It's okay. one of my all-time favourite Eurovision songs, so look out for that one. Okay. So I guess they, they just had too many good options. Oh, then. they had some good choices because, I mean, I, I can't imagine her singing this song. I'm sure she would have done it brilliantly. Uh, but the songs that she did choose, um, If Love Was a Crime, is one of my all-time favourite Eurovision songs. Wow. If I had to do Man. a top ten off the top of my head, it's definitely up there in the top ten of all time. Wow. Okay, well, I'll definitely have to listen to those because that's high praise. And this one was spectacular. So if those ones beat this out, then uh, they got to be good. Yeah. I mean, my note on this, it doesn't sound like a song for Eurovision. It sounds like a modern song that you would hear on the radio. 
Yeah, it absolutely does. And I think that does come from like a lot of countries sending, you know, oh, this is what Eurovision crowd like. No, we like good songs. That's what we yeah, want. We just want good music. That's it. It has like mad also, summer hits vibes. If you have a hamster wheel, that wouldn't hurt. Wind <laughs> machines are also appreciated. Absolutely. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if someone just brought more hamster wheels? Like, you know, you know, six artists on stage, six artists, like a, a group, all in six hamster wheels. That's what. That's all I want in life right now. That, that's all we need. Yeah, that would absolutely win. But yeah, I mean, that would have been. I mean, it probably was in Malta, maybe. But if that had been at Eurovision, that would have been a hit in summer around all the resorts. Yeah. If it wasn't for pesky COVID, closing them all down. Ugh. COVID, you continue to ruin everything. Yep. Right. We're getting to, we've got our last decision to make. That hasn't been made for us. Okay, let's so, let's do it. Tying for third place, we've got to choose our third and fourth. Oh, oh, this is interesting. Okay. So I'm getting an idea of what might be in the top two now. Okay. So, we have, um, tying for third place, uh, we have Sweden, uh, who are who sent the Mamas with Move, and we have Russia, who sent Little Big with Uno. Oh, I love both of these. I mean, thankfully, we've set a precedent. It's made our life easier. Yes. We're putting Sweden in fourth. Yes. Um, so the Mamas Move. Uh, you put third, I put 11th. That song's yeah. so good. It's so So full. good. Yeah. Like, we have talked uh, quite a bit about um, girl groups gone wrong. I should say women groups. Um, but, uh, in like, there have been a number of uh, scenarios or, you know, performances where it's, uh, I don't know, kind of like a girl group in harmonies and, like, we just didn't dig it. But, like, yeah. this, this, this is, like, the modern-day, like... Supremes, like, I don't know. It was just spectacular. I Ab- loved it. That is absolutely it. Um, this would have actually been their second year at Eurovision, in a way, because they were the backing singers for last year's uh, Eurovision Artists for Sweden. Oh, interesting. So, at Melodic Festival, when, um, when it was um, John, Jon Lundvik's turn to pass on the trophy to them, he was passing his trophy onto his backing vocalist from the last year. Crazy. So he was overjoyed for that moment. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is so, that's such like a great story that, um, you know, the backing vocalist one year and then like, you know. Star the of the show. Star of the show. And like, what a show. They put on an incredible performance. I loved the song. I thought it was so catchy. Um, yeah. So this was top three for me. Yeah, and they, they won Melody Festival and the uh, Swedish selection process by one single point. Wow. So it was I, tightly I, contested. I want to hear the song that that almost uh, won out over them, because that's a tight race. We'll have to see what our DNQ files has lined up for the new year. Oh, very good. Um. So, yeah. So, we're, we're putting that in our fourth place. So, that brings us on to our third place. We have Russia with little who sent Little Big with Uno. Oh my god. I liked this so much. It was so weird and delightful. The dance moves. The dance moves were incredible. They're I love like the dancing. The like or like I don't know, the bodysuits. They're like <laughs> big 
dancer, like backup dancer. <laughs> like, I just loved all of this. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, I this really got me into Little Big this summer. So um, on my Spotify wrapped uh, for 2020, Little Big are the artist I've listened to the most. Really? Because I really got into their music. I never thought I'd like rave pop. <laughs> Apparently oh I God. do. I mean, say, me neither. Like, I never would have. If you had told me, hey, Kim, how do you think you would rank a rave pop song? I would be like, I don't know. Like, describe to me what rave pop is and then probably middle. I don't know. But <laughs> it was really fun. This, it was just delightful. It's silly, which you don't expect silly from Russia. No, you, you don't at all. Like, we want to win. We're going to send something emotive, powerful. And they yeah. send something daft yeah russia with a sense of humor it was really fun and i mean i just couldn't stop smiling the performance definitely made it for me but even if you take that away you take away the silly dancing you take away their backup dancer and all of that um it was still a really great fun song that stood out on its own so even if it can't count to four or count to three sorry yeah (laughs) uno dos cuatro (laughs) Ah, <laughs> oh, well, I mean... They're Russian, they're not fine. Spanish. They're not Spanish. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay, um, so that was our number three. Yeah. And, and that also holds a Eurovision record. Was How? The, um, the actual music video version of that. I mean, what you saw, that performance, is dead on the same thing that's in a music video. Oh, really? Their music video looks exactly like that, but it's in a, it's in a stage, a, 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 a sound stage studio it's like no perfect it's just that same outfits same dances same dance moves well my why mess with perfection really wouldn't like to assume what they did because there were seven people so who would they have got rid of would they have got rid of a dancer but one of the uh, backing vocalists they have isn't a member of little big he's a member of like a russian like folk punk band okay on the same record label as them um so the guy in the backing singer's got the moustache He's yeah. not a member of Little Big, but he's associated with him. He works with him occasionally. So I think okay. maybe they might have put sidelined, sidelined him because I think they would have needed him, the big guy dancing on stage. I think that oh, would yeah, have probably been You can't get rid of him. Yeah, no. I agree. The rest of them, so the guy like the uh, black thing around his lips, he's a member um, of a band. The guy on like the sequencer, he's a member of the band. Yeah. Um, and the obviously the, woman on vocal, the two women on vocals are members of the band as well. Yeah. Actually, I think, actually, no, one of the women backing vocalists, I think she's, uh, no, she's in another band on the same label. That's it. Interesting. So, yeah. Um, I love that song and I've really gotten into them. They they had a big song. So you go on TikTok, TikTok, don't you? I do. Have you heard of the Skibbity Challenge? Um, I don't know. I might have seen it, but I didn't know what it was called. Yeah. So they have a song called Skibbity. Um, I I couldn't even begin to sing it for you, um, but it's got like this dance move that we do, um, and they also uh, uh I'm gonna demonstrate this the a bit of a dance they do because I can do that one, and see if it rings any bells. Okay. Uh, this won't translate for an audio podcast and audio medium, but I'll pop it in the link so that you can see the video. So if you look at the screen now, we do this as they're walking. So it's like they're crossing what? their arms and like they're um, punching. 
I'm Googling Skibbity right now. Do you want to have no, a quick, that, listen, want to have a quick that, listen to it? And then we'll, um, to see if it reminds, if you've seen it on TikTok, because it was like a thing that people were recreating a dance for. <laughs> this is amazing. I have not seen this on TikTok. <laughs> okay, well, I'm officially a little big fan. They're so good. It's it's such weird music. Um, <laughs> there, there is some controversy. There is a video surfaced of the singer. Um, he he did comedy comedy beforehand before doing the band. Mm. And there's a video, but with no context. So he's in a pride parade, and he's saying some what could be homophobic things, but. It's in Russian. We don't have a context. He could be saying it as a parody. Because the thing is, they are not very Russian in their attitudes. They are kind of... They've kind of made statements about, you know, being against sort of countries, basically. They're like, mm. they're like open sort of borders. That's their philosophy. They seem very progressive. They've got right. the campus of camp dancers yes. on the video. I, I'm, I'm going to give them the benefit of doubt... And at least just go, I'm going to judge them on the music rather than the fact that they may have, the singer may have made a video at a Pride event making what could be homophobic remarks, but it could have been him parodying Russian attitudes towards LGBT people. There's mm. no context surrounding it. So that, that has, oh. did cause some controversy, but we are judging the music. I hope Little Big is not ruined for us the moment we've discovered them. We are, Why we are can't we have nice music. things? <laughs> we're we're, we're going to judge solely on the music. Okay. <laughs> and say that we like their music. So, well, I did. I really did love Uno, and I am not unhappy at all that it is our third place song. So Very good. We're going to know who's won once we've revealed our second place act. Okay. Probably. I'm so excited. So, in second place, we have the Netherlands. Wow, the host country, uh, Django McCroy with Grow. You put second, I put eighth. I love this song. It's beautiful. Me too. It was so beautiful. This was like, if I were to compare um, the this song to the French song, both of which I think are similar genres where it's kind of a singer-songwriter. It's, uh, um, you know, an understated slow song, but this was it done right. It was just beautiful. And... I don't know. It was one that really kind of like sent shivers up my spine. I thought it was gorgeous. It's so good. It's beautiful. His his voice, his vocal tone is on point. Yes. I mean, Netherlands, for us, you know, they, they won last year. And for us, they came second. Mm. I think if it wasn't for the song that's in first place, that we both now know what it is. Yes. I think if that song wasn't in the competition, I wouldn't be sad about Netherlands winning twice in a row. Netherlands consistently delivers, in my opinion. Out of the um, Eurovisions that we have reviewed, there's only been one, and I can't recall exactly what it was, so I'm just sort of speaking in general terms, but I remember that there was one where I didn't score the Netherlands particularly high, but with that one exception, I think that I do consistently enjoy the entries that they submit. Um, But I think out of all of them, this one 
might be my favorite uh, out of all of the Netherlands songs that I can think of. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe not the 2014 w- with the <laughs> man and woman mooning at each other. What were they called again? Oh, <laughs> uh, I can't remember. The Common Linnets. The Common Linnets. The Common Linnets. Yes, that was beautiful too. But, oh my God, like this, uh, this is a song that I would... Um, you know, put in my favorites. I have put it on my favorites in Spotify and added it to my rotation. It is beautiful. Yeah. Um. I mean, hands down, the best vocals of twenty twenty. Hmm. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. And this was one too where I had mentioned earlier that like I really enjoy songs that sort of give me, um, like. Again, I'm not a musician, but like an interesting and new pairing of notes where it goes in a musical direction that is a little bit unexpected, that gives you just this really kind of, um, I don't know, like it, it, it gives this, um, I don't know, it's something that's just new and fresh and that you can't guess which note they're going to play before they even play it. This felt like that, yeah. where um, it was just the chorus, especially. It was just kind of like, oh, it took some turns that was like, this is so gorgeous. What impresses me most about that song is it starts, the song starts on a drone from the uh, whatever instance being played. The song starts where the music is one note mm. and he just sings a melody that uh, complements that one single note. Yeah. With no accompaniment, nothing to guide him, just the fact that he's such a talented singer. Yeah. You know what's interesting that I'm noticing right now is that um my rankings are are sort of they're coming in pretty close to where they actually end up. So I ranked the Netherlands number two and they scored second. I ranked Sweden number three and they scored third. I ranked Malta number five and it scored fifth. And so I think what that is saying is that the songs that I really like, you might not have ranked quite as high as me, but you still rank them very high. And the songs that you really liked, I scored significantly lower (laughs) than you did, right? I think that it's like, (laughs) I think that... um, um, maybe this is telling me that I'm a little too set in my ways in terms of the genres that I really <laughs> g- move towards. But um, but yeah, uh, I think that like maybe I have more polarized likes and dislikes than you <laughs> because uh, the ones that I really didn't like, I mean, I, I really kind of showed in the scoring. But uh, but yeah, anyway, um, I'm not unhappy at all, obviously, that this came in second because oh uh, I think it's well-deserved. Yeah. Right. We've okay, well, I... Th- we've delayed the I know, haven't we? I know what number one is, yeah. My favourite. Your My favourite as well. Think about yeah. things. Uh, Daffy Freya. So uh, I'm going to try and pronounce this. Daffy Ognamagnafi. I've butchered that. I'm I can't even tell. Freya. I don't know. I I'm can't just going even. With Daffy Freya and his band. Because and band. <laughs> I, I've I love this how to so much. That, that that sort of D-looking kind of symbol. It's a sound. I've learned yes. that much. I'm not learning any more Icelandic. <laughs> um, I I this was my guess. My guess is that this was number one for us both. I knew that it was my number one, obviously, but um, and based on our past discussions, I knew how much you loved this one too. So this I, was what I had guessed. I thought it might be like your number second, and I really thought Ben and Tan just might because of what I know about you might take the lead. 
So what's interesting is that as I was encountering these songs that I loved so much, particularly with um, the Netherlands entry that we just talked about, I actually thought to myself, you know, like, well, I mean, I think that does it. I think because I the only song I was familiar with going into this was uh, Think About Things. Yes. I had not heard a single other song out of these 41 entries. This is the only one I knew. And so I couldn't help but sort of compare every song to this one. And I knew how much I loved this song. But there were songs that I heard that I was like, well, I think that I don't think Iceland's going to be my number one. Until... I saw the Iceland video (laughs) and then I was like, no, this is, this is still the number one. I really thought that what was going to bump it out for me was that like, I'd heard it so many times that it wasn't fresh and surprising anymore the way that it was when I first heard it. And so I thought that like, you know, what, what, what you have said in the past that, that might hurt the UK because they go straight to the finale and don't hear the song as much. It's not as well known that it might, that it might hurt their, their chances, right? I was actually thinking it was the opposite, that I had actually heard it so much that I was now really not tired of it at all, but it wasn't, it didn't have the same fresh appeal that some of these other ones did. It didn't spark joy anymore. And, but like, but like I was wrong. The moment that I saw this live performance, especially, I was like, no, it still trumps all the others for me. It's such a delight. It's so good. Um, and we're not the only people who gave it the win. So um, we've discussed before Germany having their own version of like a mini Eurovision. Yes. Uh, Austria did decline a song contest. So the little song contest. Uh, mm-hmm. It won that. Uh, Sweden did an alternative contest. It won that too. Wow. So it really, really was, with most people, the winning song. And we would have been in, not Husevik, sadly, probably Reykjavik, because, you know, logistics. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Husevik. I'm- maybe Husevik. <laughs> I um I loved this live performance I think even more than the video and I love the video a lot but I mean the synchronized choreography of this like delightfully silly dance the singing I mean it was absolutely on point and let me tell oh, yeah. you I know from karaoke experience that this is not an easy song to sing yeah <laughs> Um, it was just, it was all around delightful. It was obviously a completely different genre than some of the others that I ranked uh, in my top five. But the, then so was Russia. So, uh, you know, there was a great mixture here of like fun, fresh new takes and then also some kind of go-to favorites for me. And I love that Eurovision has brought me this mix of, uh, of music. Yeah. So, so when it came to scoring... I gave us a perfect 100. Oh, wow. There's nothing that is I don't high like praise about this indeed. song. There is not There's a n- single thing I, ha- I don't like about this song. No. It, and it goes against everything I say. I tell you, I say that I don't like songs that are written for Eurovision. Yeah. He wrote the song for Eurovision. Wow. He he thought, he, he, he kind of cracked it. He, he kind of, I think he came up with a premise for the video or the dance first and then wrote a song that went with that. I think is what he said. And um, there's two versions of a song. So in Song for Kepin In, uh, the, the Icelandic national selection that we saw mm. on the Eurovision film, um, they, they do a song first in Icelandic. 
even if the song they send at the end is in English, they always do a performance first in Icelandic. So the oh, that's uh, interesting. Uh, Icelandic ver- version is called uh, Talk About uh, Gagnamagnif. Yeah, talk about his band. <laughs> and so <laughs> the song is about a fictional band, his fictional band coming from the future, future and outer space to save the world with their brand new dance. That's hilarious. Now, the English version of the lyrics is about his, his uh, infant daughter, who at the time, you know, wasn't even one year old. So it's literally, I can't wait to know what do you think about things? Because he would genuinely want to know what she thought about things. Oh my God, that's adorable. I think she's now about one year old, so he knows what she thinks about things. I love that so much. And it has all the things that like, all of the things that I have mentioned now several times in this discussion, like the fact that, you know, it wasn't dated, it was fresh and new. The fact that um, it had these really interesting sort of combinations of notes, especially like the, I'm going to butcher it, but it was like, it's oh my god I I like suddenly have stage fright and I can't do it but you know how the female backup singers when they're like mm-hmm, yeah. like whatever oh that was so off key but like whatever that note is where it's like uh, 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 <laughs> I don't think I got it right either <laughs> oh my god um like we both butchered it but hopefully the listeners know the part that we're talking about where it was just like. You know, it just kind of gives you that little fun, unexpected something. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's It was just really good and fun. I've got some good and bad news. Oh. The good news is he's representing um, Iceland again next year. Yay! The bad news is he's got to live up to all that hype. Oh my God. That's like, I feel especially bad for the front runners. Like he would have won 2020 probably, but he's never going to know that for sure. He got robbed. Yeah. Curse you elves. (laughs) Also COVID. (laughs) You made a deal with a bad guy from the Eurovision film. They're bad guy. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, there we have it. That is our 2020 uh, rankings. This was fun. Yeah. I'm glad we don't have to do that again. Are you? Never. <laughs> Never again. COVID is not going to take Eurovision away from us in a second year, so we won't be called upon to do this again. But also, this was very hard. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. Um. So um, we're going to come back next year. We're going to take um, some time off to, you know, not just think about Eurovision, <laughs> but we'll probably still be thinking about Eurovision anyway. Right. And, uh, and then in February, we're going to come back, uh, talk about some more past years. Okay. And by then we should have some more Eurovision news to also talk about. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear what is in store for 2021. I hope there is a level of normalcy brought back to uh, Eurovision, of course, but also the world in general. Uh, But yeah, looking forward to that news and hoping for a 2021 season that we can cover. Yep. So thank you so much for um, everyone who's listened to the podcast and sticking with us. I hope you have a lovely new year. Uh, Don't go licking door handles. I don't recommend it. (laughs) That's a bad idea. No. <laughs> okay, well thanks for listening guys and thank you Chris. That was a that's a wrap on season 1. That yeah. was great. Right then. Until next time. Bye. Bye. La 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 la